Yo, welcome everybody to True Ballers Podcast. Happy to be back. It's been a week. It's been a busy week. Want to offer my congratulations to Chris D'Andrea, Mr. Christopher D'Andrea. <laughs> uh, congratulations, Chris. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, Chris, Chris recently married um, on Sunday. Great, uh, you know, good, good times for everybody. Happy for you. Excited for you, man. Missed you last week on the pod, but we understand. We understand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just hope that you guys carried the show without me. That's the whole thing, which I'm sure you did, which I'm sure you did. We had great bets last week. And then you saying. come back, you come back, you're in the text thread again yesterday. And all of a sudden exactly. we get killed. So I don't know. That's, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> clearly I'm slacking. It's that, it's that honeymoon phase of my life. I'm just dragging everyone down into, into nothingness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But you know, congratulations, obviously. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, should, and, Matt, uh, Matt, I have a question. Wait, wait, I have a question, Chris. Should we be looking forward to se- September, October? Oh God, I hope not. Oh God, I hope not. I'm not going to lie though. My, my, my father-in-law made it very clear that, uh, that we shouldn't be thinking a day at a time, but thinking nine months at a time. And I was like, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. I was like, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. And plus we're going to have another nice celebration come 2022 on, on, what is it? New Year's day. So I think we got to make it so that we can all have a, have a big party on my side just for that one. And I don't think I need to be worrying about a kid during that part. So I want to be able Definitely to just get, get messed up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you got to also save that you, you need the, you need the Nets championship to get out of the way, or at least for, you know, KD's run to be over in, in Brooklyn before, before you start popping kids out. Cause then you can't really celebrate the way that you want to. So, exactly. so you gotta, you gotta wait for that. You gotta wait. Yeah, for I, that. I want to be popping champagne, not kids out. You know, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Yo, so let's talk about what's going on in the NBA right now. It's craziness. Craziness, what's going on. We were pulling up the standings earlier, man. Yo, let's start in the Eastern Conference. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. The top eight teams is pretty crazy. Well, we'll start with nine and ten. Nine and ten are are Miami and Brooklyn. Now, we know that nine and ten will get you into a play-in game, and obviously this is early in the season, there's going to be overreactions, but that's what we're here to do. We're here to overreact. So what's going on? Why, why are the Nets struggling? Is it KD resting? Is it, is it just a lack of, of um, I guess, just a lack of chemistry among the team, coaching? What's going on, Chris? Because I feel like you would have the best insight on this one. Yeah, I, I mean, I can speak to this one pretty well. I mean, it's the same thing that happens with a lot of LeBron's teams, too. It's especially when they're out for rest because the nets right now, especially early on, these players have just become a lot more used to the fact that they have to defer to a Kyrie defer to a KD and the fact that they're sitting, it throws off the rhythm last year. At least they knew going throughout the whole thing where it's like, they knew where everyone stood. They knew that Karis LeBert was going to want to eat. They knew that Jared Allen's going to be out there just banging the boards. They knew that Deandre Jordan shouldn't be starting in general, but I don't know what's happening with that. But the bottom line is, everyone's just got to kind of feed back into that mindset where it's once KD and Kyrie decide to sit, it's got to be that next man up mentality. And I'm going to put a little bit of that on Steve Nash, but I also think he's learning on the job too. But at the same time, it's, it's just a matter of them kind of still finding the chemistry together. And when you insert a piece like KD, like the Warriors were in such a great spot where they had, they knew that KD was just icing on the cake. So they knew that when he was in or out, they were still going to do their thing. And KD was able to come in and allow them to do their thing. But now that he's on a team where there's 
let's call it lesser pieces around them that Golden State had, which is an obvious thing. The rest of the Nets just have to acclimate to the new reality, but still be ready to step up. And I think that there's just a lot of gray area. So, I mean, along the lines of the first, it's, you know, like Harry said, we're not even 10 games in. And I figured that the Nets were probably going to end up being right around the four seed. I didn't think they were going to have a top seed because I knew there was going to be some issues with injury and whatnot. But I mean, like you mentioned before, Katie's actually going to miss a couple games here too. So I think that might actually be the best thing for him. You're going to see some of the role players step up. You're going to see Karras get start to get more aggressive. You're going to start to see Luwala Cabarro start to at least try to assert himself now that Dinwiddie's out. There's been a lot of changes in within the first seven games, and I'm excited to see the future for them. But yeah, it's just, a, just a small down, small slump. I hear that. I hear that. How much does how much does Dinwiddie being out? affect you guys i feel like i feel like that is a huge reason they started to to fall down a little bit it takes away uh atten- it, it brings it more attention to Kyrie as a ball handler and to kd as a ball handler um and it's just one less scoring guard that you have he was a borderline all-star last year he is you know argue he's proud he's a starter on on 27 28 other teams right i mean he's a starter on the nets but he's the best point guard on 27, 28, you know, teams. So I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting what the dynamic is there. How much has that affected their ability to be able to, to score the basketball? I'll defer to Aben's on this one. I mean, to me, and I'll give you my quick third, like 10 seconds on it. My quick 10 seconds on this He's a guy that was in the starting lineup who made it a little bit easier for Kyrie was able to be an extra ball handler and kind of initiate the offense. And he would do the same thing off the bench still. So that's, that's my two cents on it. So it's a big loss, but it's still something that can be overcome with a little bit more time and chemistry. Yeah. And um, I, just, I, I got one word for you guys, honestly, relax. I think uh, we heard that from Aaron Rodgers a couple years back, relax. Um, you know, it's early in the season. We're two and a half weeks in. They're a game under 500. Um, and they don't have who we thought was going to be their sixth man of the year or the sixth man of the year in, that, in the NBA, Spencer Dinwiddie. I think right right there, boom, you lose a, a lot of uh, the offensive uh, threat that they were having early in the season. Not that they don't have enough yet or still. But we also got to look at, look at some of the games where KD and Kyrie haven't played on back-to-back occasions. So right now, I don't see the record really being an issue. I've seen them play. I They can score. And when they want to, they can play defense as well. Um, I think Kyrie and KD have been doing a really good job of just kind of really trying to be leaders on the team. Uh, I definitely see that from Kevin Durant, um, just taking that leadership role. So I don't really see them stumbling. I actually see them going up. And I think all, we all do see them going up. So I'm not too worried about the Nets. Um, I just think they're too deep. They have too much talent. They still have Joe Harris. They still have Karis LeVert, who still needs to mold into, into, into a, a better NBA player. And I think he's developing each game, each season. So I'm not really too worried about the Nets. And I, I can see them sneaking up and being the second, third, maybe even the first seed. So, like I said, relax. It's early in the season. You know, we have some teams in that top eight that shouldn't we didn't think we're going to be there, like the Cleveland Cavaliers. So let's, 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 pump, let's pump the brakes. Yeah, bro. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. There's there's nothing to fear here. That this team is dangerous. We saw them uh, game one against the Warriors make everyone think that that Steph was just washed, right? And then we saw them. We actually bet on them heavily to beat the Celtics, and they crushed them. 
and they 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 crushed him and the Celtics are doing really well. We definitely don't want to overreact, but I don't want to underplay the fact that Spencer Dinwiddie is is a huge loss for them, especially when they get into those playoff matches matchups where they really need that veteran leadership and 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 the veteran point uh, ball handling and and point guard play. It's going to be interesting, but um, you know, right now there's no there there I have no doubt in my mind that they're a playoff team and a top four top four team in in the east at least right so but you brought up a good word you said relax and i'm i'm gonna give three words to describe to describe our squad the new york knicks you like that you like that <laughs> a little kirk cousins action right there yo what is going on a benz because i you know you you like me you like me we're we're huge knicks fans we've spent so much time i you know 20 years of my basketball memory They've been just god awful and no hope. And, you know, we had the Carmelo Anthony thing. We had the Amar Stoudemire thing, you know, but in, in reality, Lynn Sanity was, was the most excited I've ever been as a Knicks fan, which is just completely sad. And now we got Emmanuel quickly. We got Obi Toppin, who's only played one game. Mitch Robinson is starting to figure out how to play basketball. Julius Randle is putting up triple doubles on a nightly basis. What the hell is going on? You know, and and I gotta I gotta I gotta give my shout out to Tibbs because I was a little skeptical on the hire at first. Tommy T. Yeah, I, I wasn't too <laughs> sure if he was because we we know what happened in Minnesota. You know, kind of lost control of the locker room. We know what he did for Chicago, and we expected that when he went to Minnesota. So now that he came back to New York, you know, I was a little skeptical. I don't know. I I, I didn't think he was the best coach for our players. But man, I gotta say, he's got these—he's got all these players playing hard. Um, you look down at the end of the bench, Theo Pinson, who I don't think I've seen in the game yet this season. And I, I will say, Theo, who also who was also on the Nets, good guy to have at the end of your bench, motivator. You know, he's clapping it up for everyone. You know, he's just really in tune with the game. Um, but just one through one through fifteen, man. You see that these these boys are hungry to play. They they're playing with that New York grit, that New York heart. Last night they were down 15, um, I want to say 13 or 15 in the third quarter, and and then they they came back. So you know I just like what we're doing. We're developing our players. Julius Randle is taking that step that we all thought he was going to take after leaving Kentucky before the injury. Um, I don't know if he's going to be our player, you know, for the years to come. But I really like what he's doing. R.J. Barrett's another one who's really stepping into his own. I didn't think that at first, you know, he wasn't too assertive, but the way I see him playing the game now, he's letting the game come to him. He's finding his shots. He cuts all the time. He's rebounding the ball. I think he's averaging like seven or eight rebounds a game. Um, so, and then we have our young Bucks and uh, Emmanuel quick, quickly and a couple other uh, other players. They're just playing together, man. And they're playing with that New York grit, that New York heart. They're not quitting. And I really like what Tibbs is doing. You know, this is the, this is what the fans want. You know, instead of going out there and getting a superstar who just wants the money, let's develop these players. And I like what we're building in New York. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree with you more on, on any, on, on any of those points. And the thing that I really like is that they're, like you said, really developing the young players. Finally, we've been asking, it's like the fans should have been the coach this whole time. We've been asking for this for years. You see Mike Miller last year freaking playing Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, DeAndre Jordan, 
and, and not winning games. And then, you know, and then Marcus Morris obviously left, but which was great, great trade for us. Um, dude, I'm excited. I love what this just has to done. Big, just to big, just to really uh, quickly piggy off of you. You're right. They weren't developing. Look at Kevin Knox. I feel like he's good now. Kevin Knox had wow. First <laughs> and then we kind of just stopped playing him last year. I'm like, as you just mentioned, we're supposed to be developing players. And now he's starting to get back into his groove the way he was playing earlier earlier in his career. So you're right on right on point with that. I couldn't agree I, more as well. I you know, I want I wanna uh, obviously I I'm pumping the brakes a little bit because obviously, you know, this is we're excited. We know that this is not a championship team. We know in reality, right? And we know in reality that it's potentially not even a playoff team. But at least we have something to root for, something to cheer for. And think about this. How many other teams can you imagine having – how many is it? We have two guys from Kentucky, a guy from – we got R.J. Barrett and three guys from Kentucky, three guys with quickly. Yes, three guys. And then we got – uh, RJ Barrett from Duke all playing, you know, high level basketball. How many other teams would have that would be in that position and not be a solid team, at least competitive where they have three guy, four guys like that, obviously quickly being a rookie, but three, three guys with better veteran pedigree um, in, in Randall Barrett and, um, and Knox, how many other teams would would just fall to the wayside and win? How many wins did we have last year before the break? Like thirteen in sixty two games. It's despicable. It's crazy. We needed a coach. We got a coach. We drafted well. I'm really excited. Yeah, and I got to ask one more question to you guys because this is just me thinking internally. Where I'm not sure if it was Tibbs. I'm not sure if it was a conversation between Julius Randall's agent and the team, but. Who do you think got in his ear and just said, "Hey, you play team basketball and you play hard." Do you think? Do you think that they want to move him? Because I think that, that was a conversation that was had behind closed doors, where they said, "If you play with the team and you play hard and you do all the right things, Tibbs, you're gonna we're gonna play you 38 minutes a game." Like, do you think that Julius Randle could legitimately be moved before the All Star break? So, hey Ben, I'll let you take that one. Yeah. So, um, I was I, I I was on the same boat as you. I was very skeptical of how Julius was going to come out this season just because prior to the season there was a couple of interviews that I saw and you know it just seemed like he his head wasn't in it per se um but I think definitely Tibbs because he has mentioned mentioned it on a couple of occasions now um Tibbs definitely is in his ear um and if you're going to play for Tibbs if you don't play hard he's going to call you out for it it was a couple of plays last night where he directly went to players and called them out on on just bogus plays so I think it's Tibbs but I also think it's it's the player he wants to become, you know, everyone was big on him when he was in Kentucky. He was projected to be the number one pick. Um, he's still, what is he? 27, 26, 26. Yeah, my still, age. I'm in my prime. Boy. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I don't even think he's really reached his full potential or prime. I think he realizes I'm in New York. You know, I can really make a lot of money here. You start playing well, you know, post COVID things start coming back endorsement so I think he's really looking at more than just his NBA career I think he's starting to look at look at the business aspect of it as well so you know it's just players take longer to develop and I just think he's finally understanding that in order for me to be successful and in order for me to to be where I want to be like he wants to be an all-star this year he wants to continue his pedigree he's got to play team basketball and he's got to lead this team right now you know he's who we rely on to score 
you know, sometimes he's a little too, you know, he the, the ball sticks too much, but I, I like the strides he's taken. I, I completely agree. I, I hate the take that we need to get rid of Julius Randle and just play all our young guys. We have nobody else right now that's willing to take that step and step up and be the guy that's going to run the offense. I don't think he should necessarily be bringing up the ball because his ball handling skills aren't great. But when he gets the ball at the top of the key with 14, 15 seconds, seconds left, you've seen it. We've pretty much been able to get a bucket anytime that happens. And it's not just one-on-one play. It's not him just trying to score. You know, he's putting up these big assist numbers now. He's playing team basketball like A. Ben's alluded to. He's playing team defense, helping out Robinson, Robinson on the boards. I mean, this guy is doing pretty much everything we could possibly ask for. And that is why the young guys are able to develop. There's not, a, there's not as much attention on them to get the job done by themselves. They've been able to get open looks. They've been able to move around the floor. The spacing's been good. And without Randall, I really don't think that that, that happens as easily. So while I think if, he's, if the market for him, if, we're, if we don't continue to win games and the market for him is really high by, by the All-Star break, Yes, we could potentially see, uh, you know, a, a trade, a move made by the the Knicks organization, but I wouldn't mess with the flow right now. You know, Abens and I were talking earlier, pre-recording about this. Um, you know, even guys like that may not contribute the most, like like we were talking about Reggie Bullock, right? We we don't think that maybe like if you had to choose one guy that that maybe doesn't fit well with the with what we're trying to do here. It, it, it's Reggie Bullock, but I wouldn't change anything about the lineup. I wouldn't change anything about the personnel because the flow and the chemistry is honestly what what's keeping us together, keeping us in games, and what's ultimately allowing the team to improve, each individual player to improve. So I wouldn't mess with anything this year. Let Thibs do his thing. He's doing a great job. That's my personal opinion, and I think I'm right on that, and I think Abens would agree with me on that, but – completely agree all right so the knicks the knicks are good the nets are bad just quick recap uh let's talk about boston we got our we got our man we got our man jason tatum in the mv as our mvp bet as our sleeper our sleeper mvp bet right we we weren't I, th- I think both of us or all of us um, kind of thought Luca was the, the leader in terms of having the best chance at be- being the MVP this year. We've seen him sit a couple games. They haven't played as well as maybe they would have liked. AD has sat a couple games. He was another one that was very high on everyone's list. Um, KD is sitting out too many games. Jason Tatum has not sat out a game. He's hit two game winners now. He's he put up big boy. He, he had what? 40 last night. Yeah, he had 40 points last night. He's putting up big boy numbers. The only thing that I I had a, I had said earlier this week that that's kind of hindering him is just how good Jalen Brown is playing because it's now it's right now it's not even I would say Jalen Brown has honestly been better by a slight margin than Jason Tatum He's these first few four. games. First few games. Yeah, so if that continues then I don't think Jason Tatum's going to be able to win MVP but Hey, the team is what four, five, and three. Jason Tatum's putting up big numbers. Chris, what are your uh, what 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 are your thoughts on the Celtics? Because I know you weren't very high on them to start the season. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think they're doing exactly what I thought they'd be in general. I mean, they're a scrappy bunch. It's just a matter of will they be able to, as Kemba still is going to continue to sit out for a bunch of games, like if they can keep up winning, I think they're going to keep up winning at about a four and three, four and three clip every once in a while. But the thing is, they're they're going to clean up against the the easier teams that they'll face in the East and West. But to me, the true barometer is how they're going to play against the top teams in the East, as well as when they face the couple teams in the West. And to me, I haven't seen I haven't seen it yet from them. Mm-hmm. They're playing in a lot of close games. They're making it easy. They're making it easy on themselves, and that comes with a lot of chemistry and the fact that Brad Stevens is a great coach. I just am curious, and I think they're sitting right where I thought right around there they would be. It's just a matter of a couple teams not doing as well as I thought. Some teams that I thought were going to do better are obviously ascending in general. But like you mentioned, I'm, I am I think that Jason Tatum is primed with the right narrative to be in the MVP race for a long time this season. So long as, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Harry, Let's I, do it, I, baby. I told you. I told you. Let's do the, it, baby. I told you on that podcast. I was like, I was like, you know, I'm not high on them, but he's got the best narrative and definitely the best odds when it comes down to winning some money. So. I think they're they're doing exactly what I thought they do. They're going to be competitive in games. They're going to win a couple of games that they shouldn't win. But I think they're going to still clean up against the easier teams because they're well coached. So, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. I got nothing else to say on the Celtics besides they're they're doing what I think they should be doing. Yeah, I got a I got something for you. How about how about Peyton Pritchard from Oregon, the rookie? He's been he's been awesome for them, especially missing Kemba. They needed another guard. He's been scrappy. You know, they got rid of, they had, they had Brad Wanamaker last year, who was still awful, terrible player. And they replaced him with Peyton Pritchard, who's, who's pretty tough. Um, And, and so that's, that's a big, that's a big piece for them. That's a big piece for them. He's been great. I think the one, the only other guy that I want to mention too is, and this is just a little fantasy sleeper low key is the Rob Williams gentleman, because I think that he is coming on. A&M. He, yeah. He's going to end up taking a lot of time from vanilla Tice, AKA Daniel Tice as the, <laughs> as the season goes on. And he looks like the real deal in terms of someone that's going to go out there and stuff the stat sheet and be a solid body in there. So I, I like what they have there. I think Tristan Thompson eventually is going to lose out more of the minutes in general than anyone. Cause I'm not sold on him still as being a legitimate starter, but I think he's a solid rotation guy. I wouldn't be shocked by the end of the season. If it's more of a 30, 30 split between or 28, 28 split between Tice and Rob Williams and Tristan Thompson dips down to the 24, 20 range and just seeing where that kind of falls out. Yeah. I know this doesn't matter really, but you know, back a few years ago when Robert Williams was at Texas A&M and dragged them to the Elite Eight, I was like, holy crap, this guy is a freak, bro. His athleticism, I can't believe, honestly, like I thought I, I thought by now the Celtics would be playing him more. I thought they would be playing him more. And I, I think they're starting 100%. to. Yeah, you know, they, 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 they invested a lot of time, I felt like, in Grant Williams, who's also very good. But Robert Williams it has some unmatched unmatched athleticism in the NBA, which is very tough to come by. It's not a lot of unmatched athleticism in the NBA. Um, So I think he potentially could be a huge game changer for them. If they could really figure out a role where he's playing 30 plus minutes a game, you know, that's a big piece. Hey, Ben, you got anything on the Celtics? Man, I said it earlier. I said it in one of our earlier episodes. You know, they uh, we were we were questioning how they were going to play because they didn't have Kemba Walker. But hey, Jalen Brown 
and Jason Tatum. That that duo, that's that's probably the toughest duo right now statistically in the NBA. Um, so as long as you're getting production from those two guys, and as long as those two guys are on the court, you always have a chance to win. Um, I, I really like the guy Pritchard as well. You know, he really spaces out the floor for them. He's been solid for them hitting the three and just, you know, being another another guard out there. Jeff Teague's actually played decent as well. You know, he's played better than what I thought was going to happen. Um, so I really, you know, I'm not too surprised where they're at, like uh, Chris mentioned. Um, I, I I see them continue to win games. They're going to be a playoff team. Um, Jason Tatum's doing his thing right now, man. They could easily be three and six, but he's got two game winners under his belt. So, you know, keep keep going, Boston. But I'm still high on my Knicks in the Atlantic. I know we're probably not going to win it, but hey. Hey, let's do it, baby. <laughs> let's do it, baby. Yo, um, all right. I want to start. I want to do a little debate here because I think this topic is going to evoke some emotion. We're going to get some heated opinions here. James Harden for Ben Simmons straight up. Do you do it, Chris, if you're Philly? Do I do it if I was Philly? If they are in the win now mode that I believe that Daryl Morey is always in, then I think they sh- they would do it. I think the problem is I don't think the Rockets would do it for just Ben Simmons. But if I was the if I was no, if, if you're was, Philly, yeah, I know. I, I don't think Philly, the Rockets would offer that. But if, if I was they Philly, did, if I was Philly, I would take it and I would live with it because James Harden has proven even when he comes in overweight and out of shape and looking like me out there on the court. <laughs> <laughs> He can still <laughs> fill it goddamn up. Like he's still a baller. He's still someone that's going to be in the MVP conversation statistically, but I don't think the media will give it to him because of all the off, off the field, off the court type stuff too. So yeah, I think you take that in a heartbeat if you're Daryl Morey, because you're going to get a bona fide shooter. It's going to space the floor even more. It gets back to more of what Daryl Morey wants to be doing. And I think Doc Rivers, if anyone could probably be able to corral him. I mean, Doc Rivers did some magical management with Paul George in the bubble, keeping his, him above water in terms of his mental psyche. So I think you put James Harden in a truly winning situation. It's going to be nothing but dividends. It's, it's interesting. Interesting you say that. I thought you were going to say no. I thought you were going to say no, and I thought you were going to say, you know, James Harden can put up as many stats as he wants, but the Rockets proven that they're, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily winning games against mediocre teams. You saw the, the the game that they had against Portland where they lost and he turned it over at the end and there's no one else that could really, you know, there wasn't really anyone else to turn to because John Wall and, and, and Boogie were still out at that point. But now that they're even back, they're still not, you know, a dominant force. The Mavericks took them on last night. Um, I would do it in a, in a heartbeat. Don't get me wrong. I'm playing devil's advocate right now because I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say you would not do that if you were Philly. I would well, do that in a freaking heartbeat. James Harden is a top three, top. He's a probably the best scorer in the NBA right now, a top five player overall. And I, if you're trying to win a championship, yeah, you get yeah. you get James Harden. <laughs> like you said, if it's if it's win, and like I mentioned, if it's win now, which I think the Sixers are in. I think the Sixers have had enough of being like a middling team. I think if they are truly in win now mode, it makes sense. If they are looking to win two or three championships in the next 10 years, then it doesn't make sense. Especially if you're all, if you're, you know, it, it just wouldn't fly. They're not winning two or three. Because, yeah. They're, they're not going to win two or three anyway. Without, no, not with that, with, with 
the team that they have now. <laughs> I don't know. If you see the right development and you get the right pieces around that core, the key to me is can Ben Simmons end up shooting 30, 31% from three? Can he shoot 31% yeah, exactly. on, on two threes a game? That's it. And that's not a lot to ask for, but for Ben Simmons, it seems like it's the difference between, you know, where I'm sitting here and where you're sitting up and like all that. So two's, two's not enough, man. Unbelievable. I don't even think two's enough these days. <sighs> For a, for a guy that has the ball in his hands as much as Ben Simmons, a Ben's you you've been you've been awfully quiet. I want to hear your take on this. Is two three point three pointers a game at a thirty one percent clip enough for Ben Simmons to do for them to have a chance at winning a championship this year? He's hit two career three pointers, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, exactly. It's a no, no. Difference. I'm saying if he if he even got from zero to two. Uh, up, per, up. attempts per game at 31 percent. i hear what you're saying but you just heard what i said right he's been in the league what's this his fourth or fifth year granted one one season he was injured oh, he's yeah. hit two three-pointers yeah. he's your point guard go make that trade but i was actually just looking at ben's ben's numbers today so he's averaging 13 10 rebounds and seven assists and he's an elite defender and he's an elite defender I don't think those numbers are going to get you over the top in this day and age in the NBA. Go make no. a trade as much as I James Harden ain't defending anything more than a bag of chips though these That's days. <laughs> well, he's not a job of the hut, Kwame uh, Brown. But but I will say that's not going to get it done. It might get it done in the in the first couple of rounds, but I don't even think that's going to get it done to get to the finals in the East. Go if if if, if the opportunity presents itself. They would have to play and say, I want Danny Green, Ben Simmons, and your future first round pick for Harden. I'm taking that in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. Absolutely. So, Danny Danny Green, (laughs) love Danny Green, but get him out of here. (laughs) That's 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 just like a okay, whatever. You you guys will survive for the rest. That's a good contract dump, honestly. Exactly. But if I I told you, but if I told you that they were going to take. Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and the next first round, your two first round picks. Would you do it then? Yeah, because of the con, because of Tobias's contract. That's a great. That's a win for the Sixers. That's a that's a crazy contract. Yes, he's playing so solid. This he's year. very good. Oh yeah, very yeah. Good. Seven seven games. Seven seven games. Tobias, you know as well as I do. I'm a huge Tobias fan. So is Abens. Where you know he's. What was it you up, guys say? Grew up. What was in, it you guys say? Shout out to Hills West. Shout out to Hills West. Shout out to Hills West. He's a great player. His contract is crazy though. I'm 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 just saying from a GM's perspective, from Daryl Morey's perspective, if you could get rid of that contract, and then you're giving up two first rounders and a and a point guard who can't shoot for James Harden. Yeah, dude, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. They, they've been they've been living under the process for for ten freaking years now. They've been doing this thing called the process. They got rid of Markel, who now is actually a viable player for the Magic. Um, Philly's and, got a good team, though. Philly's got a good team. No, they do. They do. They're but they. But like you now. said, yeah, like you said, they're not going to win a championship with and this they team. Have, uh, what's they would have to play the Bucks because Giannis is another guy. The the only other team that has a centerpiece that can't shoot is the Bucks. But that's even though perfect, he's that's a perfect matchup, Giannis yeah. versus Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the only way they can make the finals is if they can somehow play that team in the East ECF. But, 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 I, in I, my I, opinion, 
Hey, listen, I still think Philly's got a chance to win the East, even with this team they have right now. Um, Say they do, and then they have to play LeBron or or Kawhi. They don't got a chance, man. Not with not with Ben Simmons. I I love Ben Simmons. I love the traditional basketball. I admire. Well, all I'm his... trying to say is <laughs> Ben Simmons is more is worth more than adding Tobias Harris to it. So if I was Philly, then I'd be like, I'm gonna have to back out this one. Yeah, I'm not just gonna. I think you th- for one yeah. run for one run because we don't know if they're gonna win with James. It gives them the best chance to win, but we don't know if they're gonna go out and beat LAC or LA. Or whoever makes it out the West, we don't know that because yeah. the West let, is tough, man. Yeah. No, let's let yeah, and let's point on this. I'm not down. I'm not disagreeing with you at all on Tobias Harris's value on the court. I what I'm saying is that his contract. What is, what is his contract right now? He's that that, got, that Philly gave him. Money. That Philly gave him. It was like 180 or something like that. It's like a, for like four years. Yeah. And James Harden is on the last leg of his contract. Five years, one hundred eighty million dollars. Five, five years, so that's four more years. So, including this year, four more years on a hundred eighty million dollar contract for a guy who's really an overqualified role player. It's really what he is. He's not good enough to be your best player, but he's really not. He's too good to be just a role player. He got paid like Gordon Hayward, you know, on the Celtics. Even though that really didn't work out, that was way worse than what's going on with Tobias. Tobias is a great player, but his his contract value is so high. If you could get rid of that contract, free up some cap space, go out, get James Harden, who is a top three, top four player in the, in the league. And, and and you could really build off that. And then you could start centering. You could start making moves to center around Joel more instead of trying to figure out, is it Joel or is it Ben Simmons? You can, you, you know, you can not sign Harden again, if you don't want to, sign him to a one year if you want to and 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 you could really try to figure out how this team molds around Joel Embiid instead of trying to decide who your who your guy is for the future of your franchise because that's the decision they've been trying to make is it Ben is it Joel you don't need to make that decision if you get rid of Ben I think the question really becomes is Ben Simmons able to be the second best player on a championship team and I think all three of us agree the answer is no I think if he was the third best. No, player, I think th- no, I think he is. Oh, no, that's do. not not on this team. Not on this team. I think he's definitely a good enough second best player. I am shocked. I, I don't know I who think, you'd pair him with to make that happen, though. Like if you were if you were in a dream world to say like this is the person An- that I would pair him with, Anthony Davis. Wow, I, I don't know. I think you're running into the same problems. You're running into the yeah. same problems with jo- that he has with Joel Embiid. I, th- I think he Anthony has Davis right is here. way think- better than Joel Embiid, in my opinion. At this moment, I would completely agree with you, and he's less of a health risk. But go ahead, Apex. I think I think his he's the second best player on like on this team. Like I think it fits perfectly on this team. I don't think he's the second best player on any of these other teams because who would you pair him up with? No, he's I think that's what Chris Davis. is saying. He's saying I, I think, he's saying you pair, but I, I think you're still you're still having the same issues. Yeah, Anthony, well, you could, yeah. I, I think you I think you could potentially even throw him on like a Mavs with Luca and, and, and KP and take some of the ball handling away from Luca, take some of the pressure from him. He would be the second best player on that team. Uh, you could put him, you could put him on a, a firing squad, like the Hawks, a young team like that. I don't know. I think there are options that, that we just haven't explored yet. And 
Yeah, it's tough because he can't shoot. And I agree with you guys on that. He is a freaking amazing player. He's a top 20 player. Can, the- can you play him in crunch, time, in crunch time with any of those people that you mentioned? The answer becomes no. Once once you're down to the last we don't, minute or We so don't know. We don't know. know. We can you rely on him to shoot free throws? Time. Come play all time. If you cannot shoot the ball, it, it, it becomes a four-on-five matchup. And Ben Simmons is a worse shooter by far. Than oh, Giannis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Giannis, yeah. Giannis, Giannis looks like Steph Curry compared to freaking Ben Simmons. I'll exactly. tell you that. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you guys. I was just playing devil's advocate. I think he could be the second best player. I, I, I truly stand by that. I'm a huge, I want to get that across. Cause I feel like, you know, I'm a huge Harden fan and I'm a huge Ben Simmons fan as well. And for a different, for different reasons, there are different things that he brings to the table that are invaluable. But you know what they both bring to the table? Go for it, bro. Left hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I thought Harry, you were, were going to say chi- I thought I thought you were going to say chicken wings from that uh <laughs> from that strip joint back in Atlanta, but that was That's Lou Magic Williams. City? Magic City. There you go. There you go. Shout out Magic City. Benson's um, not allowed to be there because he's dating a Kardashian, so he's not allowed to be seen. <laughs> Uh, I gotcha. Uh, tough, tough, tough for Ben Simmons these days in the strip. Shout out news. We got TNT here as well. <laughs> All right, we gotta we gotta move on to the Western Conference now. So we talked a lot, obviously, just about the East and where we think things are at. The Sixers are are in first place. The Knicks are playing better than expected. The Nets are struggling a little bit, right? A lot of overreactions. I feel like the West has shaken up. Besides a few. A few areas. I feel like it's pretty much kind of where we expected things. I would say the Suns are a lot higher than we expected, and Denver is a lot lower than we expected. Again, this is seven games into the season, so let's not everybody freak out. But, you know, what's going on? Let's talk about the Suns Clippers. They had a big matchup. What was that, last night or two nights ago? ago. Where De- Devin Booker was getting all up in Paul George's face. I would love I would love to see this series in, in the playoffs. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Aiton versus PG, Marcus Morris, Kawhi, obviously. That could be a pretty crazy matchup. But, uh, but, but is this real? Is, is the Phoenix Suns, what's going on with them, real? Oh, they're legit. They're legit. The Phoenix Suns are legit. And I think that's why – I think did we all have them in our top 15? Yeah, I and think so. And that is why we all had them in our top 15. Behind LeBron, the, the, the best leader in the NBA, and I, I'd say he's 1B, if anything, is Chris Paul. It's, 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 it's undeniable. And now that Chris Paul, you know, his aura, his uh, what he brings to the table – He's able to relax all the players down. Like we know, the Suns, they they've always had this potential. They have Devin Booker. They had they had Aiton, uh, DeAndre, and them boys. They've always had potential, but their thing was they really never had a solid leader. You know, we didn't really know who we knew it was Devin Booker's team, but he wasn't really a leader. I think now that they have a leader that slows the game down, that's showing these young players, you know, fill this slot, do this, do that, similar to what Kyrie and KD are doing with the young players on the Nets. I think they're for real, man. You know, you just brought it up a couple nights ago where Devin Booker, uh, you know, talking trash to uh, what is PG, yeah, uh, PG, bro, Paul PG. George. What's his playoff name? Playoff P. Playoff P. <laughs> um, I think that's what they were talking about. Um, but you didn't hear it here. 
I just, I, I like what the Suns are doing, man. You know, they're tough. They're gritty. They have a nice scoring offense out there. And I think they're the real deal. I see them staying up top. Yeah, bro. I we can't we can't repeat what Devin Booker said to PG. If you wanna if you wanna look it up for yourselves, go 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 to Instagram or Twitter or wherever you get your uh, your NBA news. But um, yeah, it was just chippy. I love it. You know, yeah. Shout out True Ballers. You know, you you know, I'm a, I'm high. I was very high on Devin Booker starting out this season. I you know he he made the All Star game last year, uh, last minute. Right, because I forgot who it was got got injured. Was it Dame? It was somebody in the West got injured, couldn't yeah, play. I think it was Dame, and Devin Booker got in. I think he's an All Star in my book in general. I think he. It's so tough these days. There's so many guards, but like he he's I, anybody taking a, a shot at the end of a game, a three pointer or mid range or really just getting a bucket. There's not too many guys I would put ahead of Devin Booker to be honest with you guys. And I said that at the beginning of the season, you know, it's James Harden, it's LeBron always and forever will be LeBron. So don't get me started with that. And, and it's some of those guys, but, but Devin Booker's right there from a scoring perspective. And now you got Chris Paul, who's able to take some of the pressure off him play, you know, Chris, the point God, bro, he is the IQ as good of an IQ as anybody in the league, including LeBron, including LeBron in terms of basketball He's as good of a leader as as solid of a leader as LeBron. Not as physical, obviously, not as big, but the man plays still incredible defense on big guys in the post against perimeter players. He's a in really incredible defender for his position and his size. And yet, he's not done yet, guys. He is not done yet. He proved it last year in 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 okc and then everybody was like oh well will he be able to do it again this year or is he gonna get old that's not how time works man like we saw him in the bubble performing very well two months ago three months ago like it's not been that long so i'm not that surprised that he hasn't really fallen off at all i'm with you and i mean tell me a time that chris paul with what people will consider before going into a season with lesser pieces hasn't made them overperform i will wait I will wait because the answer is he's always done it. And with this team where they're not lesser pieces, they're younger pieces. He's, as you guys are saying, the perfect guy to basically build them up into understanding how to play winning basketball in spite of the fact that he's never gotten to a championship. But I, I blame that on the fact that he's just never been on a team that was deserving of being there when Blake Griffin. And I love Blake Griffin, but when he was in his prime and before he got hurt, because at that point, you know, being third in an MVP race and sharing the ball and doing all those things, he was definitely making moves, but once he got hurt, he was definitely a different animal and different player. But Chris Paul is always going to be one of the best point guards in the league for all the reasons that you guys said, whether it's leadership, stuffing the stat sheet, and then defensively, even at six feet tall, it's amazing. So all And he can shoot. Hey, Ben he Simmons, guess what? The reason he's extended his career as far as he has is mainly because he can shoot. So if you want to extend your career, Ben Simmons – I would develop, try to develop a jump shot soon, sooner rather than later. Um, he's the only guy that from the free agent market that I was like, if the Knicks got him, I actually would like would would like that because of all the reasons that we've talked about how he's developed. Chris alluded to every team he's gone to, he's developed the younger guys, the lesser players, the you know, kind of been able to br- break them into a role, into the roles that they belong in. And it's just the veteran leadership. It's just his mentality. It's his drive to win. 
he was the only guy even last year when 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 they were talking about it they were talking about this early last season too could the Knicks potentially be a suitor for Chris Paul I was all about that so that's the only guy that I could have imagined I you know I didn't want the Gordon Hayward I didn't want the Bogdan Bogdanovich I didn't want I didn't want that but Chris Paul brings something else to the table that that you can't replace and it's something that Julius Randle has actually done a great job of in terms of developing guys surprise but it's a that's a surprise and I knew Chris Paul would be able to do that the only team in a dream scenario this offseason I kind of wanted him to go to is you switch out Eric Bledsoe with Chris Paul in New Orleans and that team would have been even more dangerous I would have loved to see that but that's that's just me that's just me yeah man 1500 to win MVP uh this year so uh I'm not saying it's gonna happen because we already have our pick but to our viewers to our listeners Chris Paul is averaging 13 five and eight on a uh, winning team second in the what was it third in the in in the west so uh he ain't winning mvp bro hey, but he gets <laughs> oh my man, god if, hey. you just said 13 10 and 7 for ben simmons wasn't good it's not but, this, this <laughs> because, but ben simmons isn't a leader <laughs> no no he's not i don't think he's really that leader you know Chris he's Paul's not actually if you take Chris Paul away from this equation, they don't have the same record this year. They really don't. They're two and five, not five and two. That's pretty yeah, much what it comes that, down that to. I'd put, to I'd put him at 500. I'm with you there. It definitely yeah. not the same. Definitely I mean, Steve Nash didn't have the best numbers that one year that he won it. So, hey, listen, it's happened before. He wasn't 36, though, or whatever. Chris Paul, 34. I don't know. However old he is. 35. Yeah, somewhere in between there. Hey, Benz, I'll give you a thousand dollars right now. I'll give you. I'll give you one to one dollar to a thousand dollar odds that Chris Paul doesn't win MVP. Dude, that's a crazy bet. That's a that's a that's a yeah. I'll take one to a thousand. I'll take I'll take it. Um, all right, let's let's go on to the other five and two team, the the Clippers. So they seem to to have found a little bit of a groove. PG is is really starting to play like the old Paul George talking about my team yeah bro you called it you said that they would be good and they're good and they're good coming out the gate can they hold it together chris can they keep the chemistry up can can marcus morris do 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 the things he needs to do as a role player this is this is what i just talked about with tobias okay marcus morris is not the best player on your team but he's overqualified to be a role player can Are you he, saying Marcus Morris can't go out there and br- and break someone's ankle on the other team every night? I think he can. I think he can easily <laughs> go out there and step on ankles every night. That's what he's known that's for. All he, that's all he does. Yeah, but, I, I'd take that. <laughs> listen, at 20-plus 20, 20 million a year, this guy needs to understand that he is not the Kawhi, not the PG. Can he continue to do that? Uh, short answer, yes. I, I think you the think one so? thing – Oh, I, I think he 100% can. He's – He's a junkyard dog. I'm not sure if I can say that in the PC culture that we live in, but he is indeed a junkyard dog. He's the guy that's going to go out there, do every little bit of dirty work. He's not worth the contract money, but he'll get you damn close with what you can't put in the stat sheet and come playoff time. If you need someone to, you know, put a foot under Anthony Davis after he takes a jump shot and twist his ankle here and there. Trust me, Marcus Morris is the perfect guy to want to do that. (laughs) I'm not advocating for him to do that because I love Anthony Davis. Please don't. But at the same time, would it shock me if during the playoff series, there's like three or four injuries that are caused by Marcus Morris as he fakes to help get someone back up from the other team? Wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be shocked. But the more important thing is Paul George is, I think, going to be on a mission to remind people that he is one of, maybe not in the playoffs, but at least during the regular season, (laughs) (laughs) maybe not in the playoffs. I'm not going to go that far, but 
during the regular season, easily a top 10 player in this league. He's an elite wing. He's an elite defender, elite shooter. He can do everything right. I don't know what goes on inside of his head during the playoffs, but this team is primed and ready for a revenge run. And I still think, I still think they're going to win it all. There's nothing, nothing this year has pointed to me otherwise in terms of that. Hey, Benz, what do you think about this squad? Uh, You know, they have a solid squad. They have two easily, you could say, top top seven players in the league. So is it an aberration that they're five and two? Is it an aberration that they lost by 50 plus? Is Mark, Marcus Morris the better half, the better brother um, when it comes to basketball? I think so. Is he the junkyard dog that Chris is talking about? I believe so. Can he score 20 plus a game? I saw him do it. I saw him do it on the Knicks. He better not. So if he scores 20-plus a game, they're not winning shit. I'll tell I'm you that. Part <laughs> of my language. I'm not saying that he is going to do it, but we know how uh, they manage Kawhi. We know how they manage uh, Paul George. So it's going to be some nights where Marcus Morris is going to be that option. Um, I'm not against – I had them being in my overall, overall rankings, the number three team behind the Nets and the Lakers. So I'm not surprised at all. You know, they're the real deal. They are. I just don't think they have enough pieces come playoff time. That's all. Oh, just throwing that in, that little just tidbit that in at the end. That's all. Hey, just not enough at the we playoff have a time. Great, uh, we have all. a trading <laughs> deadline. We don't know what's going to happen. Oladipo is on the block from what I'm hearing. Um, there's other uh, big-name pieces out what there. What if they got Randall, too? <laughs> what if they also got if, Randall if after they got, like Marcus Morris last year from New if York? If they get Julius Randall, then I'm out. Then I change my pick. <laughs> <laughs> if they get Julius Randall, I'm out. I don't think they should. I don't think they will. I don't think it makes any sense at all, but it would be hilarious. Um, yo, look, listen. Marcus Morris, first of all, I think Markeith is the better value Morris in my opinion, because of the contract contract value and just knowing his role on the court. I completely disagree that Marcus Morris is a dog, a junkyard dog, bro. I don't think he's – I haven't really seen him willing to do – I've seen him willing to be like the bully or try to be the bully, but not – No, but not do the little things on the court. That's what I think about. When I think about a junkyard dog, I think about the guy who's getting the steal at the end of the game, like the Marcus Smart type of junkyard dog, you know, doing getting the rebounds, undersized rebounds, being real feisty, being all over the court. I don't think about the guy that pushes Paul Millsap when they're up three to one, up 20 at the half, and literally is the reason, go look at the tape. That, that turnaround starts with Marcus Morris pushing Paul Millsap for no reason. I swear. Go look, go look back at what happened in the bubble. It's a disgrace. I, didn't, I, I can't root for him. I can't root for him, and I think his type of – I don't root for him at all. His, <laughs> his type of – person. His type his – type, I'm sure he's a great – I'm sure he's a fine guy and just, like, very overcompetitive, but, but – I, I can't root for that type of basketball. It kind of reminds me, you just said about the stepping on, on AD's foot. Remember what happened to Kawhi with, um, with Bogut? Zaza, Zaza Pachulia. Or Pachulia, excuse me. Sorry, Bogut. With Zaza Pachulia, when Zaza Pachulia undercut Kawhi and, and you, you saw like how much better the Spurs were than the Warriors to start out, and without Kawhi, that literally ruined them. That, like was, said, that Harry, was it. 
is that worth $20 million if you can do that? I think that's what Marcus Morris is there for, sadly <laughs> enough. I, th- I think that's what he's there for. He's if, there to be he's an there instigator. He's there and if, he's, he, if he does that, if he does that and then has to go and, and then has to go up against LeBron, Lord have mercy on that dude's soul, bro. LeBron would not let that fly. LeBron is not losing to a team that does he that. That, that shit. He already did it to him when he was in Boston. He tried to get it under his skin and it, it didn't work. Marcus Morris, after, after the series, said, I didn't know he was that strong. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys yeah. know the clinching play where he gets held back and he still finishes to go to the final. So the, the thing with Marcus Morris, though, is he's not even their fifth no, best player in general, too. So he's, he's, he's very much on the peripherals. He's volatile. Like, yeah, he's volatile. He's definitely volatile. But his his role is not there to stuff the statue to do anything crazy. His role is to be there and play a little bit of defense on the back end, like come a late. They're game paying scenario. him too much he's, money for that. They're paying oh, him too course. much money for that. They of they course. need him to do things that role players do, like grab rebounds, box out, play defense, and he's not capable of that. He's capable of scoring one on one. He's capable of being a twenty five point scorer on a Knicks team that goes thirteen of sixty two. Uh, on the win sheet, on the win column. Um, but, but we're talking same, too much about him. We're talking too much about him. But that's the same that's, reason. Let's I'll, be I'll honest. It off. Yeah. It's the same reason why they have Patrick Beverly. It's the same reason why they have Lou Williams. It's the same reason why they had PG, Kawhi, if it's a Zubats, Serge Ibaka. Like, I, I don't even put Marcus Morris up in front of those guys in terms of what we'll call impact outside mm-hmm. of maybe, like I said, a, a cheap shot play here and there is where I think Marcus Morris's impact is completely made. That's where his value lies. Yeah. yeah, so I, I, I'm not going to answer my door, though, because Marcus Morris probably is outside my apartment right now. So we'll, deal with that later. we'll deal with that later. And, and and let me say this, too. On the flip side, the guy that they lost who's actually had a huge impact, Montrez Harrell has looked great. And I'm surprised because I wasn't the biggest fan of him last year. I didn't really understand, you know, I, I, I you know, the stats sp- speak for themselves, right? And I understand why he was sixth man of the year. He really kind of fell over during the playoffs, kind of similar to the way Pascal Siakam, Paul George, those guys kind of fell off during the bubble. But maybe for him, it really was just, you know, the the bubble and not being in the right environment for himself. He's actually played pretty well and helped out Anthony Davis uh, down low on, the, on this Lakers squad, who's five and two. They're not winning every game, but, you know, it's the same thing with the Nets. They're going to rest KD, they're, or they're going to rest AD. They're going to rest LeBron from time to time. So they're not going to win every game. They're not going for a historic season here. Uh, they look pretty good. They look pretty good. So I'm I'm excited for Montrez. I'm excited for LeBron. Uh, what do you guys what What do you guys think about the Lakers so far? I think they're in cruise control right now. If you really watch them play, honestly, they're in cruise control. They're kind of just they're meshing the new pieces in. And you didn't mention Montrez Harrell, but we also got to recall that he lost the person who was most inspiring to him and his grandmother. Uh, right before the bubble began. So, you know, definitely, you know, that definitely had effect in his play. We all know what Montrezl Harrell can do when he's active, when he's, you know, mentally ready to play. You know, he's a dog out there. And Dennis Schroeder, oh, my God, what a pickup. I love this dude. Um, but I think they're cruising right now. Kuzma's playing really well. Schroeder's they're in Kuz well. control. Yeah, they're, they're really in Kuz <laughs> control. If you, if you watch these guys play, you it's it kind of reminds me a little of, uh, when when Miami was after they won their first ring and then they got their second ring where they could just flip a switch and turn it up. Um, I just see them just being dominant, man. It's they just they're so they're deep and it I feel like LeBron's playing 28 to 30 minutes a game and he's just bowling, AD's bowling. 
right now, I, I, they're winning, man. They're not winning in the best fashion. They are losing some games. But I think this is, right now, they're, they're still kind of, you know, resting up, um, getting better from uh, the previous championship. So I see this happening for the next, for, uh, probably until March, until when it really starts to count. But right now, they're, they're kind of just easing into the season, I feel. And they're still 5-2. and two. I, I agree with that, except for the fact that I just I think the impact of Montrez Harrell is a little bit overstated. I don't I don't really I still am not the hugest or biggest Montrez Harrell believer. I still have questions about him on defense. I'll put it bluntly. Like that's that's where I think it is. And the the preseason stud in Taylor Horton Tucker hasn't necessarily taken more minutes. And I'm not sure if there's room for him to take minutes in general with that squad, but all that they need. Yeah, exactly. Everyone was so high on him for no, for like literally preseason minutes. Yeah. Go back to episode no two, sense. me and Chris just go off on him yeah, <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Someone needed to though, just Harry, because he's Taylor Horton Tucker and he's yeah. playing on the Lakers and he's not getting minutes. Why not us? Why not us? But that was the whole thing. So it's like they, they have all the pieces. I, I still am looking for them to just make one trade that's going to really make me change my opinion on who's going to win. But as of right now, I just think the Clippers are a bad matchup for the Lakers. That's that's the entirety of, of the point. I think it's the same thing from the 2013 to 2014 Heat Spurs matchups where they're they're a bad matchup and you can you know get away with it once, but with, in this case, not by playing them. But I think come I, come playoff time, if they face each other, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad for the Lakers. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I I I I can see that. I actually really agree with Abens in the fact that I think that they're in what I'll call now Kuz control. Um, shout out Kyle Kuzma, but I feel real MVP. I feel like I I feel like if you want to make this, we can make a quick comparison here. If 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 you know listeners, you guys watch. I'm sure a lot of you watch the NFL as well. They're reminding me of how, you know, the Chiefs have kind of just kind of been in cruise control, winning these games, but not really looking like the dominant team. They're, they did go 14-2 and two this season, the Chiefs, um, losing the last game on purpose. They didn't play anyone, anybody. But they, uh, they kind of were in cruise control too, winning games by close margins, not really blowing teams out, just kind of doing their thing, playing, you know, playing the uh, – kind of playing just the cat, and mouse game. the cat and mouse game. They were like, all right, we need to go out and win now. Let's go win now. I, I see that. I see how the Lakers could are, are kind of doing this a similar thing. And what's really the difference, what's really going to make the difference is can they rest AD and LeBron enough while also maintaining a high enough record so that they don't have to go through they don't have to go through all the top teams and then play the Clippers. What's what, what really like, I think was the, obviously the Clippers didn't make it last year, but I think the, the Lakers had them last year. If the, anyway, being able to play, you know, the Portland trailblazers in the first round, having an easy five, you know, five game series against them playing the Rockets and, and shutting them down. I think five or six games, whatever it was easily, and then obviously, I mean, they, and then obviously playing the Nuggets, I thought the Nuggets played, played them tough, but it was, it was, it was easy for them. Um, but if they had to play the Clippers last year, they had enough rest, enough time to heal. And LeBron and AD had enough energy, I think, to, to get it done. This year, we'll see in a continuous season if they're, if they, they need to be able to maintain that, that top four seed. I think it's really important underratedly important like people are like yeah they could just make the seven seed 
or the six seed and do the same thing. I, I don't think that is the case anymore. And, and I'll touch last on this topic because I know Chris is big on the, uh, on the Clippers out West. When you really look at it and when playoff time comes around, I can't think of another player, maybe Chris Paul, who can actually control the whole flow of the game in, in its entirety, as in just controlling the tempo and how the game is played the whole entire 48 minutes like LeBron. And I think that's the biggest difference in a lot of these playoff series. Cause you did mention the Portland Trailblazers. Remember the Lakers lost the first game and everybody was like, Oh, they're going to lose the series. Then the Rockets, Oh my God, who's going to stop Harden? Who's going to stop these guys? They, they shoot threes. The Lakers don't the LeBron effect. You slow the game down. He so does this on purpose, bro. He yeah, so, first game so, of the series on purpose. I'm so, I believe that. <laughs> and, I, and I don't see that on the Clippers. I, I know Kawhi can get in his bag and he does his little bag of tricks, but he doesn't, <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't slow the game down the way these two players. I don't really know anybody else in the league who does that. Giannis has the potential to do it, but he can't shoot consistently. So I don't think he can really do it, but it's really hard to think about guys when, when you really, you know, who can really control the game. And that's what the playoffs are controlling the, the games. The, the um, different. Yeah. I just want to jump on that point real quick before, before you continue the difference with Kawhi and LeBron, obviously besides the fact that LeBron James is LeBron James, the, the key difference from a playoff standpoint is that Kawhi goes out and plays and, and does what Ty Lue, what doc rivers last year tells him and, and kind of makes the game plan. LeBron plays that first playoff game, analyzes the entire game, and is like, all right, we make these three ad- adjustments and we'll win the next four games, like no problem, easily. That's, that's, that's why they do – that's why they're able to win these series so easily. I'm not saying that they're going out and losing the game on purpose, but I'm saying the first game for, for LeBron, I truly believe, is more about – analyzing the other team what their strategy is and being able to combat that with with another strategy a different strategy going forward so you're saying they come out vanilla in the first game just to see yeah not to not doing? not necessarily try i'm not saying they're trying to lose but no, they I'm just come out holding come holding out. back holding well back. they they're come they're coming out as their their goal their main goal i think is to to analyze what the other team is going to do for the series, how they're going to defend LeBron, how they're going to defend AD. And then once they can figure out a game plan around that, who's going to stop them if they can figure out how to get AD open, how to get LeBron his looks. I think that's what, that's why LeBron's so masterful. That's why he's been in the finals 10 times is because of his ability to do that. He doesn't just go out like all these other guys, James Harden, Kawhi, they go out and they play basketball and I don't blame them for that. That's their job. But LeBron is the next level is a next level guy for that reason. The ability to analyze the game, the Bill Russell, the Kareem, the MJ, that's what those guys do. Their ability to analyze the game during the game and after the game is unmatched. So that's the difference there. But I'm not saying that that means that the Lakers will beat the Clippers. They, they could easily they, – they, that's, that's a good matchup, and I'm excited to see it. So, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Stay, stay yeah, tuned. LA, stay tuned oh, for, the, I hope. for the Western if, Conference Finals. If this never happens, right. it would be a travesty. It would be a travesty. I, I, think, I think we might have fans for that for, for, for that time when the playoffs start coming around. Oh, yeah, um, bro. The way if they're they, talking about everything. So, hey, listen. At least limited capacity, right? At least limited capacity. Yeah. So, you know. We'll see, but so far, really exciting. 
Uh, listen, we're we're a little over we're a little over an hour here, so so we're gonna wrap things up real quick. I Chris, want, I just want to give a quick shout out to Steph Curry. I knew you still had it in you. And I, hey, hey well, for all the Curry slander that's been out there, I just want to say one thing. I've been a LeBron fan my whole life, so when we were going up against the Warriors, I wasn't the I wasn't the biggest fan of Curry, but I respected what he did. So I just want to shout out at Steph Curry. Um, and I just want to say, keep doing your thing, man. Keep doing your thing. Keep dropping 60 on these boys so they can stop talking. Always got yeah. to choose his underdog. He he's a he's he's a problem, man. He is a he is a freaking problem. Uh really excited about that. And I thought that they were gonna slow down last night. We we favored the Kings in the back to back. I was like, Steph ain't gonna do that again. I mean, he didn't put up sixty two again. That team looks different now. Yeah, so we'll see. If they could make a playoff, if they could make the playoffs and it's like the Clippers with Kawhi and PG, the Lakers with LeBron, the Warriors, Steph and Draymond, like and those Wiseman. squads, Wiseman. I mean, it's just really exciting what's going on in the West in general. And then you got Dallas and Phoenix, the up and coming, the Jazz with Donovan Mitchell, who I think still is, I'm, I love Donovan Mitchell, even Don't though he's not playing Don't forget about your Nuggets, Harry. Don't forget about your nuggets. Yeah, and then we'll see if the nuggets can squeeze in there. They're at 11 right now, but, you know, we got plenty of time. We're all overreacting. That's all we're doing right now. Uh, all of this, this last hour and a half or an hour or so is, was just a, a big overreaction to everything that's going on. So I'm sure it'll change. I'm sure we'll overreact to something next week. But, Chris, before we, before we take off, uh, I, I do want to know, where, where's our book at? What, what, what are we looking at here in terms of um, the $1,000 week? We've been posting daily. Be sure to check out our Instagram page. We're posting our picks that we're taking. Every time we, we make picks, we're posting. I think we're down a little bit. We had a bad day yesterday. We had a good week last week and then a bad day to start this week like yesterday. So we're probably a little bit under. I'll give you an update after the show because, to be honest, I'm on honeymoon mode and I have not done it yet, but we'll get it done soon. He's a, he's a, he, he's a married man, and, and you guys are going to have to do it. Yeah, yeah. First ring. First ring, first, first ring. <laughs> Hopefully in this case, it's the only one, but <laughs> it's not an NBA ring. You don't want multiple of those, but, <laughs> but Hey, you know, congratulations again. And, and, and we'll get, we'll get to the, uh, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get you guys the stats for our book, where we're at. We're, we're honestly a little bit under, but, um, but we're going to bounce back and we're going to make you guys some serious cash. So be sure to follow us at true ballers pod on Instagram be sure to follow the Twitter as well at at Ballers Pod, um, and hey, we'll be back next week with some with some juicy content. Let's see what happens this week in the NBA, fellas. Take care, everybody. Deuces. Happy New Year.